Welcome to another episode of The Sample Hour. Um, today's guest was Kevin from San Diego, the San Diego crew guys that I met at the Jackalope Freedom Festival. When I was there, I mainly hung out with these dudes from uh, San Diego, um, which were all some really fucking cool guys. Um, there's no other way to really describe it. So I was recently told that uh, I cussed too much. And uh, so if I offend you, Oh, well. But anyways, just want to say a uh, special shout out to uh, the San Diego crew. Um, well, just kind of like a reflection of the Jackalope Freedom Festival. Um, I had a really, really good time, and I'm really happy that Alma invited me. So shout out to uh, Nathan Frazier, because if it wasn't for Nathan Frazier, I never would have met Alma, and I never would have went to Jackalope, and I never would have met all these cool people that I had. So um I guess so the moral of the story is, guys, you know, just go after things that sound cool to you. And if someone invites you to do something, maybe you should do it. If, you know, I mean, obviously, if somebody invited you to, you know, go hurt someone or something like that, it's not maybe a good idea. But um, anyways, uh, so I met some really cool people. Um, it was a really, really, really good time. Um, so first off, uh, I want to say a shout out to J.R. Steiner. Um, J.R., Thank you for being such a good host. So before I actually went to the Jackalope Freedom Festival, I uh, went to, I flew into Phoenix, got a rental car, drove to JR, got to check out JR Customs uh, shop, talked to JR. JR is just a cool, 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 cool dude. Um, great business person, entrepreneur, um, awesome, awesome guy. Check out his website, jrcustoms.com, or actually just Google search JR Customs, and that will take you to his website. So if you guys have any shirts or anything like that you want to have made, talk to JR, especially if you want to make them in bulk, because JR, JR will take good care of you, man. Like, JR knows the business well. Um, he does shirts for, you know, Crab Feast, Norm MacDonald, Ari Shafir. Uh, used to do shirts for other comics like Joey Diaz. Um, I mean, JR's JR's legit. Like, JR is, is a really, really cool guy. Um, also want to say a shout-out to his girlfriend. Um, I got to hang out with them. Sunday, I got I to gotta meet her and hang out with her as well on Sunday um, when I came back from Jackalope. So uh, I just want to say thank you to J.R. Steiner. Um, and then, uh, so what, then uh, so anyways, so I was hanging out with J.R., drove like three hours up through Arizona, went from the desert to like the National Forest. So went from palm trees to pine trees, and it was just absolutely beautiful. Um, got lost on the way going in there I, I got into the park and i drove right past this sign that was on my left that said turn here to go to the jackalope freedom festival and i just kept driving uh then i kept driving i was like you know i should i should probably turn around because i think i'm going the wrong way and then i figured out where i was going um because google maps didn't really work out too well to uh, when you put directions in and actually google maps just did that to me this weekend too when i was going fishing so fuck you google maps and then um so from there, um, got to the Jackalope Freedom Festival, was super exhausted. Um, and then, you know, I was able to rent a tent from Alma, which was pretty cool. I took about 160 bucks with me, and I got to try everybody's cool food. Leo had some cool quail and rabbit tacos, and his uh, his daughters were quite the salespeople. I remember them having to have a conversation with them because they sold too many. So that was kind of cool. So uh, good problem to have. Um, 
But uh, just a special, 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 special thank you to Alma Summer for putting everything on. Um, and everybody else that came there, the whole Arizona crew was pretty cool. Um, everybody really kind of embraced everything. Um, I kind of like joked uh, with uh, Cecilia, who was pretty cool to hang out with. Um, I didn't really get to hang out with her too much, but we talked afterward that it kind of felt like church, like a church retreat, not because everybody was religious, but because like when you were in school, like when I was a kid and I used to go to, used to go to youth group, um, mainly to meet girls because I never really was all about having faith and and that was and I and I didn't really you know do drugs in school and wasn't really into the in crowd and uh, so I thought why don't I just you know meet some some good classy girls at church which obviously looking back on it wasn't the best idea I just met different crazy girls and uh, and so anyways but instead of everyone talking about like Jesus and and God and how much they love Jesus and God. Everyone was talking about like, f- you know, freedom and voluntarism and the non-aggression principle and Bitcoin and all this other stuff. And it was kind of, it was just kind of interesting. Like people, uh, people weren't used, I don't think, to being around it. But uh, want to also have a shout out. I, I had a time, so I told Jesse, uh, um, Matthewson, and Richard Kuntz that you know, hey, let's record and also. Uh, Steve, Mike, and Matt, and everybody else from the San Diego crew that I wanted to record podcasts when I was there, and I think I told the listeners as well that I was going to do that, but um, that did not happen. Um, The weather was bad. My sleep schedule was really messed up. Like, I didn't sleep at all when I was getting up there, and and quite honestly, I was just having so much fun just kind of, like, immersing myself in the environment that I, I didn't really, I wasn't really kind of in the in the mood to talk to people, quite honestly, like I, like I, and I was a little bit fucked up too. So I, I had a little bit to drink and I had some awesome baked goods that I had purchased. Um, so it was a good time. Shout out to Sarah Bales too. Had a really good time talking to you. Um, you know, you got some great ideas. Uh, shout out to, uh, Leo and his wife, which I already said, there's so many people there that were cool. So if I don't, if you listen to this and I don't say your name, I'm really sorry. Um, just uh, when I post it to Facebook, just say you know, hey Drew, you suck, or something like that. Um, or you just say you know, whatever. Just say hey, you forgot about me, and I'll say hey, I'm sorry. I'll shout you out that on the next podcast, and uh, and I'll do that. Uh, for Twitter shoutouts, I want to say a special shout out to at Beagles and Pups for saying very nice things about the podcast and supporting it. Um, also want to say a shout-out to uh, Lucy. Lucy, I don't even know your your Twitter handle. What is Lucy, what is your, your Twitter handle? Just look in here. Just, just read my phone while I'm recording. You know what? I'm not going to edit it at all. We're going off the cuff. That's how we do it here at the Sample Hour. You want something professional, listen to the radio. Don't listen to the Sample Hour because it's not going to be that. Um, Lucy Luloop. Um, so shout out to her. Very cool. Uh, got a, been talking to her on Twitter. Very cool, cool chick. Give her a follow. She has some really cool posts and also want to do a special shout out to Ray Taylor. So many of you, if you're listening to this and you went to the Jackalope Freedom Festival, you might've been like, who is this guy? He's not a member of Voluntary Virtues and that's cause I'm not. But anyways, I am a member of the Inspired Disorder Collective. So, if you go to InspiredDisorderCollective.com, you can see all the other great podcasts that are in the Inspired Disorder Collective. 
So if you would go and follow at Ray Taylor and all, if you use Twitter and also get onto Twitter and follow at IDC underscore updates and you can check out all the other great podcasts on the Inspired Disorder Collective. Please, please, please check out the new sample hour page on the Inspired Disorder Collective. Uh, Ray just changed up the the uh, the theme again. Uh, it kind of went back to the roots and I and I actually like it a lot. I think it's really cool. So you can actually support the Sample Hour by going to the Sample Hours page at the Inspired Disorder Collective. And if you see anything of Ray's art or anything else that's for sale and you buy it, use the coupon code, which uh, I am not actually sure what the coupon is for the Sample Hour. But if you go to the Sample Hours page, you will see it. Um, and you can support me and... Uh, Help me, you know, keep up with equipment or whatever. Or just, you know, say, hey, great episode, because that's really supportive as well. And I always, always, always appreciate that. So, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy my guest. Uh, We talk about quite a lot of information. So, if you go to www.radicaloptimism.org, you can check out his awesome uh, wiki-styled website that he's put together, Kevin. Um, so Kevin's an awesome dude, man. He, he drops a lot of knowledge and he also references a lot of books. I would definitely recommend you reading some books. So if you are a listener and you're like, you know what? I don't like to read books. Well, you should really start, but get started. And I am not sponsored by audible.com, but I do have, uh, books or eBooks that I have listened to. I'm a humongous advocate of reading books. Um, I'm a big fan of science fiction books, especially because that's a great way to introduce ideas. Um, But you could always go to Amazon.com, read a great book like Get a Job, Build a Real Career, and Defy a Bewildering Economy, which was written by my last guest, Mr. At Charles Hugh Smith. So if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out that episode, please check out that episode. It is a great one, and I think you will enjoy it. So anyways, guys, I really, um, really hope you enjoy this show. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's all I got, guys. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Drew Sample. Follow at the Sample Hour. Follow at the Terrible Cast. And, uh, yeah, guys, enjoy the show. guys this is a special jackalope freedom festival podcast this is a podcast that probably should have happened at the jackalope freedom festival but due to weather it didn't and due to special baked goods it didn't because somebody was hiding in his tent after a certain time of night because he just wanted to go i think his name's drew sample but anyways yeah this is uh so when i was at the jackalope freedom festival i hung out with a bunch of guys from san diego and luckily, Kevin here um, was one of these guys who were, like, cool enough to let me hang out with him. So thanks for hanging out, man. Thanks for inviting me to come hang out with you in Columbus, man. Yeah, thanks for coming out. It's so cool. One thing I loved about Jackalope was people were open to meeting everybody around. Yeah. It wasn't just pockets. It was everybody was walking around and meeting yeah. everybody, greeting. So how did you um, – so 
something that was interesting to me, and like I don't think any of my listeners know, um, it uh, like so you guys have like a really cool crew, like you guys have a really cool community in San Diego. So like, I guess um, just c- trying to like I guess shed some light on it, like. How did uh so how did this all start? Like how did you find out? How did it originally get started to like have a meetup in San Diego? Like what if you don't mind like just kind of taking us through a story and maybe you can even talk about like how um if you want like how you how you kind of discovered or kind of got on the path of the anarchism and stuff like that. Sure, yeah. San Diego's anarchist community is actually pretty big. I think part of that's probably related to Libertopia. Yeah. And that's kind of how I got in, and meetup.com has really brought a lot of people together. Even where we have meetups is kind of out of the way in San Diego, but people go out of their way because I remember actually at a recent meetup, one of the women there just kind of out of nowhere were sitting around a bonfire talking about whatever, and she just blurted out, you know, this is the highlight of my week because I feel that I can be free, I can be myself, I don't have to put on this veneer and it's really true when whatever it is whether it's anarchy or whatever i think when people can connect with people at at the deepest level they can be free and and themselves and that's huge yeah yeah i mean it's just it's just about communication man like um you know we live like this is kind of like i guess the last three recordings have kind of talked about this but like we're in such a combative society like in our media like I get so tired of motherfuckers at work just watching ESPN and they're like, just can't wait to watch Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless say dumb shit to each other nonstop and then they want to talk about it to me like I care. And I don't care. I just say, hey, I don't care. Right. And then they just say, sample, you're crazy. And then they go away because I'm just very real with people. But, I mean, that's just the society that we're in. It's not about, like, let's not have it... It's not about let's have a discussion of ideas. It's not like so even if like we disagree about something like there's there's not a respect of of perspective on there. And 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 I don't know like I don't respect everybody's perspective because I know it's not theirs. I know it's just like something that they're regurgitating. But I don't like I'm not a dick to them. I just ask questions to actually see how thought out they have about stuff and and actually like I think for me personally when I was first becoming an anarchist like my stepdad would ask me questions and if I didn't have the answer, I'd be like, I haven't really thought about that. I'm glad that you asked me. And then like, I kind of realized that like, you know, if, if I'm going to say I'm an anarchist, like I need to be to the point where, yeah, I'm never going to call 911 ever. Like I, I just wouldn't like, there's no point. Like if I'm going to say like, this is my perspective or this is like, I'm independent or I'm going to opt out of society, then I don't want to fuck with the police, man. You know what I mean? And, Maybe for an ambulance, because if I pay, if I call 911 for an ambulance, I'm going to have to get that, but I'd probably, I don't, I don't think I've ever called an ambulance. I've always just had someone drive me, drive me to the hospital if I had to go. Even if it was an emergency, I always had someone drive me to the hospital and they just drove really fast. All right. And I think like, uh, so um, I guess like the, the whole point is like back to like Just, just one Diego. point on police. Uh, there's a great book, The Problem Political Authority by Humor. Yeah. And he talks about how there are a couple of Supreme Court cases where yeah. they explicitly say that our goal is not to provide police services to particular people, it's to keep the quote unquote public order. Yeah. So there was a case 
I don't know if you know about it, in D.C. actually, where uh, there was a house with a couple women in it. Robber broke in on the ground floor. He took over the ground floor and the woman that was there. The woman in the second floor called the police. Police came by, pretty much did nothing, went back. She called again. They, the operator said, yeah, we'll send somebody out. They never did. And so she, when things got quiet, she thought that the police had come and the robber was gone. She went down. The robbers now knew that she was down there. They took both of the women back to their home pad, raped them, kept them for tens of hours. So that's, that happened. Then they sued the police department, and they said, you said you would come. You said you would check it out. There was a broken window in the back. It was obvious there was a break-in. And the Supreme Court literally said, if we just let people sue the police, then, you know, we would just be open to all kinds of suits. I mean, what the fuck? That's your yeah. job. How can It was obvious negligence. Nobody denied it, and they went scot-free, and the women got nothing. Yeah. They were probably actually mocked for being raped, too. That's, like, oh, a really yeah. common thing. Like, uh, my friend Gina Tron, um, she... Uh, she was kind of in like the party scene and she wrote like an article about it. She talked about it on the podcast and like she was raped. And then when she went down to file like a report, like this guy ended up being a serial rapist and the guy ended up actually like having access to a decent amount of money. And it took forever for him to finally go to jail. And when he did go to jail, it wasn't that much time. Wow. And like, I mean like the guy like was a serial rapist. I mean, I mean even just like look at like, I mean, to go back to, like, sports, I mean, like, fucking Ray Rice knocks his, his wife out unconscious, gets a two-game suspension, one player gets a DUI, six to eight games, uh, players smoke weed, and they fail at another drug test. Everyone calls them an idiot because they're suspended for the season. Why would you do that? It's like, well, why is that a fucking rule? Like, it's not <laughs> violent. Like, it's not a performance-enhancing drug. What's the fucking issue, man? Like... Like what's what like where where are your ethics like where what's what's the real morality in that situation so so you're saying oh it's it's bad for kids to smoke weed but it's okay for them to beat their wives or or smack around women like uh, it's such like it's just a bunch of fuckery man like it's not uh, right. it's it, it's 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 a false morality it's 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 fraudulent just like everything else um, but. Uh, Anyways, this podcast is about you, Kevin. It's not about <laughs> Drew Sample and Drew's opinions. People hear that every week. We want to give you a voice here. So, um, what? Um, okay, so San Diego starts. So you guys start meeting up at. Uh, oh, and, and to talk to get back to Jackal at Freedom Festival. Special thanks to Alma. Um, I guess we can just kind of say our thoughts. Like we were saying, like, um, but it was good. We got into this nice Regina conversation. Um, I thought it was really cool. Like, I really thought it was cool. Um, I did think, you know, it was, uh, I think next year will be a lot cooler because people will know each other more. And, like, once people know each other, it's not like the, like, I felt like this year was a big feeling out period. Like, people were feeling each other out. People were trying to get the hang of things. Like, a lot of people were, like, were, like, naturally, like, defensive with their own statements. They were already, like, preemptively getting ready to defend themselves. And they're like, Oh yeah, I don't need the, I don't need to worry about it. Um, well, I think part of that too is you don't know who's an undercover cop or something. Yeah, you could be. I don't think, I honestly don't think there was any there. Like, well, there were some stories about previous years that there were helicopters. Oh and, yeah. 
I don't know if you heard those, but yeah, Ernie, Ernie was telling me about like the last day, like people showed up in machine guns and yeah, and shit like that. I mean, even if there was like, but even when it was supposedly happened a year ago or whatever, even then, I think they're just. I mean, I think in general, when cops check out voluntarist movement things that we have. They see quite quickly that it's just a bunch of peaceful people in general. But even then, like, I mean, you're so fucking far away. You're a cop. You show up there. What do you think would happen if a cop tried to arrest someone in that group? <laughs> Everybody had a fucking gun on their fucking, like, side, except for us because we had to come from out of state. But every motherfucker from Arizona there, they were they were, they were were packed. And, and you know what, though? That was nice, though, man. Like, there was no fucking nonsense. There was no, like... Drunk, dumbass. Like, all right, so we, I got drunk. I'm, I'm pretty sure you got drunk. Oh, yeah. And, like, but no one was acting a fool. Like, people weren't acting like fucking idiots. Like, there was nobody doing creepy shit with women or doing anything no. like that. Like, honestly, dude, like, I thought about, like, I was kind of nervous to hit on chicks because there were so many dudes with loaded guns. And I was like, man, I don't want to, like, offend someone. I don't want to make someone feel uncomfortable. I don't want, like, a whole fucking gang of people coming at me. And, like, and it was just like a thought in my head because of other substances that I was not substances, but out of some, because of some special baked goods and like, uh, and like, but like there was one point I was talking to this guy, Casey, and he was the guy that, uh, I don't know if you were there. Did you try any of that homebrew mead that that guy made? No. So I don't think yet. Cause you guys came in later and I bought, he sold out, I think. Yeah. No, like I, I told everybody about it and he's like, I'm going to sell out. I'm like, that's the fucking point, man. Like, I was telling him to charge 20 bucks a bottle. I'm like, it's a supply and demand lesson. And he was like, I'll set the price, man. I, I appreciate it. I'm like, dude, I mean, people want it. Like, fucking charge what you want to charge. Like, it's fair. Like, you're right. you're the only one with that resource here, and people are going to want it. Like, Well, and also, when you charge a higher price to uh, deal with the demand, you're showing other people that, hey, there's room for competition to bring in other meads. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, the guys, uh, like, your guys had, like, some really good homebrew, like, that one beer, uh, what was it, the one that's 11, like Doomsday or something, what do they call it? Oh, something like that. It's yeah. like 11.5%. Like, it yeah. was fucking good beer, man. Yeah. Like, it tasted really good. And I remember I uh, um, I let Jesse, who had a bar, try it. And Jesse was, like, competition. And, like, Jesse appreciated the apple pie I brought over. Because I let, like, I let everybody try that apple pie. That was really good. I I think I oh, sent it I home with you guys. I sent it home with you oh, guys. So. And the fireball that I bought too, because I brought some. When John and I went to go uh, fix his tire, like when we went into town, like I bought, I bought some fireball, and I was like, "Here you guys go, just get drunk on me, write your podcast." Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, man, it was such a good time. But oh yeah, so I was hanging out with Casey, and uh, he was like goofing around, um, and one of there was a kid next door, and the kid like. Oh, by the way, just at one point on the guns thing. There's a great book, if people haven't read it, it's called The Not-So-Wild Wild West. Yeah. And there's a great episode in there where they talk about in the 19th century, there were, I think, they were basically a set of people that were looking for some sort of pelts or something they were you know, looking for them to buy and sell. And they would essentially have a convoy that would go up near the Mississippi, I think. And everybody was loaded. Everybody was from different places. It was a... You know, people... It was a moving community, yeah. and everybody was packed, and it was – basically, it was the worst – when people think of the worst possible case of where 
it should turn into quote unquote anarchy where nobody knows each other. Everybody's moving around. Everybody's packed and everybody's got goods that people can steal. And there is very little violence. Yeah. Everybody just, I mean, it's when everybody's packed, you kind of, well, you know, Oppenheimer wanted to, um, that's the reason why he sent like the technology and how to make the atomic bomb to so many different countries and why everyone called him a communist. Everybody like tried to like he got blacklisted by the government because he knew what he created was wasn't good for humanity, and he just knew if everybody else had one, nobody would use them. Out of the fear that what's going to happen if the next and that's why nobody's used one since. Right. And it's always like it's always the scare, it's always the propaganda. But um, realistically, like people don't want to use nuclear weapons for that reason. I think the only country that probably would is. Probably Israel because they they just fucking think it's cool to kill people. I don't know, but uh, sorry, my friends in Israel, but you guys have been like going at coming at me on Facebook and just saying, "Oh, it's it's okay with all those children that are getting killed in Palestine." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's not okay." Like, I'm not saying that like Hamas is like this well justified group either, but I'm just saying that like killing children is not okay. Like whether whether they you think they support terrorists or not, like. I guess, like, what what the fuck do you expect them to do? Like, nobody else is helping them, so what are they going to do? Like, like, what's your... I, I guess it's, like, it's such a, like, it's such a it's such a vague definition of terrorists because, like, I mean, what? So they can either get killed by the Hamas and join with Hamas or the mass text messages that Israel sent to everybody, hey, we're bombing, leave your homes, like, and that makes it okay. I don't know. Anyway, sorry to get on that soapbox, but um, but yeah, I th- so oh yeah, so Casey, so Casey and I are standing there, and this kid has a golf club, and he pretends like he's gonna like charge Casey. He's like, "Why would you charge a man with a gun on his on his waist?" Right. And I didn't even think about it, and he like taught that kid a valuable lesson right there. Like, right. like yeah, you're absolutely right. Like he would shoot me if he had to defend himself. Right. And I think like in. And and I think that's like a it's an important thing. Like I I did grow up like a liberal, and I did grow up being like, I mean, like I I believed a lot of dumb shit, man. Like I didn't I didn't really have my own view. Like I shouldn't say yeah, I'd say dumb shit. Like uh, I I used to not be crazy about guns. Like I wasn't for gun control, but um, I guess I didn't really have a formulated opinion. But like I. I've never owned a gun. The first time I really shot guns, like a variety of guns, was at the Jackalope. Um, so thank you very much, uh, Jesse. Um, Jesse uh, Matheson for letting me shoot your guns. And um, everybody else. That, I, think, uh, I, think Mike, I think I shot one of Mike Ford. I think I shot Mike Ford's handgun, too. It might have been Jesse's. I don't remember. But Jesse was super generous, um, and I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, it was it was just a cool experience, man. Like it was cool. There was some good fellowshipping. Um, I wish I would have gotten more sleep before I went in. Like that was the only thing. Like right. not not sleeping for two days, like fucked me up. Because I remember like, because I actually I think uh, I don't know if he asked me or not. I think Mike. Uh, I don't even know his last name. He he started voluntary uh, virtues. Voluntary virtues podcast. I don't remember his name. Yeah, Mike's something. He he was from like North Carolina. Um, he did like the anarchist panel, which for marketing. Oh yeah, which was kind of like I, 
I don't want to make fun of it, but it was kind of silly. Like, how do you market it? Anarchy. And it's like, well, I think it's kind of an oxymoron to say that. Like, it's kind of like a, a naturally occurring thing. But I understood what she was saying. Like, how do you, like, the idea behind it. And I think he wanted me to be on the panel. And instead I passed the fuck out. And I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> and then I woke up and I was like, what's up, guys? And I was just like, I, I don't know. I would have gotten an air mattress and a flashlight when I go next year. That's what I'll have. Yeah. Um, Waterproof tent. I had one, actually. My, yeah, my shit didn't get wet when I rented that tent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I rented a tent from Alma. And then I paid uh, Brian extra to tear down the tent and, I, and also for helping me build it. He was like, let me know if you need help. And like, I started fucking with it. And I just did not care. And I was like... Yeah, man, I'm going to need your help. I could probably figure it out, but I'm really tired, and I just really don't give a shit. Yeah, we got in at 5 a.m. and had to build our tents up. Yeah, and man. So we- why did you guys have to come in so late? Because of work? Yeah, I had to leave on Friday so after work. So, yeah, it was an eight-hour drive. So it's only eight hours from San Diego. Yeah. and Well, it was eight hours until we went down the wrong path, <laughs> down this crazy death trap you know, lane that Google sent us down. Yeah. And then we got stuck and it was crazy, but it was fun. But yeah, anyway. That's funny shit, man. Yeah. I uh I drove straight because I was like, I don't think there's anything down there. I went to turn and I'm like, I think I need to keep going straight. So I drove like down that that one road for like a good twenty minutes. Oh uh, yeah. And then like I couldn't get uh like maps wasn't working right through Safari and maps like you couldn't pull like you, it it would pull something up in Maps on the in the web browser, but I couldn't actually pull it up in the app. Oh right. On uh, on my iPhone. So then what I what I did then was I just I opened it up in Chrome and it actually worked well through Chrome. And then I just had to like f- I finally figured it out. And then I felt really stupid because then I saw the sign that said Jackalope Freedom Festival, <laughs> like turn here. And uh, I felt really dumb. And uh, then I got there and I was really fucking like just like. Because I, I didn't have any sleep, and I drove for a few hours, and then like it was like I forgot how to communicate with people, so I was just kind of like creepily standing around, like, all right, what do I do next? I don't think you were creepy. No, 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 I wasn't at that point. When I first got there, I was definitely a little bit creepy. <laughs> I went to like the. It's cool to be creepy at Jack Club. I went to like the unregistration table, and there was some yeah, guy. Deregistration. Of, yeah, and uh, I thought I had to fill something out, and I didn't, and I didn't realize that it was just a joke. But that, that, so that's a cool thing to talk about is that yeah. it's great to show up at this kind of conference get together thing yeah. and you just show up. There's nothing. That's it. Yeah. And that's a really unique thing about it and it's really cool. Yeah. I uh I went there and I'm standing there behind this guy and I don't realize that I'm just standing behind him and probably weirding him out. And then he like is sitting there like filling out the form and he like kind of looks back at me. And he kind of gives me a look. I'm like, oh, sorry, dude. I haven't slept at all. I was just waiting <laughs> on you to take your time. Sorry if I'm, like, weirding you out. And yeah. then, uh, and then what I... Was, what was there? What, what was he filling out? Oh, the the deregistration form. What was the deregistration? I didn't even oh, go to that it, um, I forget what it said on it, man. That was, like, at the peak of of my, like, not sleeping yeah. and, like, not being able to, like, fully function... And like it said, like it wanted, like it, it, it just was kind of like it was kind of like trying to prove the point of like it's just bullshit. So it was like sarcastic. Yeah, it was very sarcastic registration. That's cool. I filmed it. I filled it out anyways because I'm a bureaucrat at heart. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was cool. And then um, 
Hanging out with you guys though, man. Like you got like John and Mike and uh um and Matt John's and son. John's oh, son. Cameron. Cameron, yeah, like John, Matt, and Cameron got there first. And they were kind of getting stuff set up, and I and I was like getting in with them, and then I just went over and introduced myself and started talking to them, and then I started talking to uh, Sarah and Casey, and I started talking to like a bunch of people. And I just kind of wanted to feel some things out and kind of get to know people, and that was one thing I wished I could have like actually gotten to do, like was get to know people more for people. Um, but like I actually had some really good conversations the first night, and then like the second day. I think like it, I woke up and I was like, man, fuck it. I'm on vacation. And I just started yeah. drinking. And then, uh, and then John and I went into town and, uh, to get his tire fixed. And then I think I came back and I, I was supposed to talk and then nobody yeah. was there to hear me talk. So, oh, I heard you talking. Oh, did you? Yeah. I went over there and I talked and I'm like, all right, well, nobody's listening. So, uh, I think it was raining and it no, was a it weird time of it day. It was a weird time of day. Like, I was starting yeah. it up and Mike was sitting there, like, trying to be nice and, yeah. like, be attentive. And I'm looking at Mike and I'm looking around. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. It was just a weird time. <laughs> it was of day. weird. And I'm like, I'm not going to talk. It was a transition time. And the thing is, too, like, uh, the one thing, man, I don't want to make fun of people, but I'm going to. When the talks first started, man, the one dude was really trying to sell some Ponzi scheme about his, like, octograms and the hella something. Oh, I miss that. And he kept asking for questions, and he was like, no questions, and he was kind of getting upset. So, like, Mike was just trying to be nice, and he's like, what's the, um, how did you come up with the name this? And then he explained it, and then he went back into his hard sell of this pitch. Yeah. And basically, like, he actually had a pretty good idea. Like, his ideas were, like... I'm not going to attack his ideas at all, but I would. I am going to say I could have improved his rhetoric because his presentation Man. and rhetoric wasn't the the greatest in the world. Because like, um, so if you're trying to, I mean, all right. So we'll go. We were talking like we just went out to dinner and we uh, we hung out. We had a couple drinks and um, we're back in uh, Kevin's in town visiting for for uh, for a slave job, <laughs> and uh, and we're just and it's actually cool that he is so. Um, but uh, not, not that it wouldn't be cool not to like, all right, now I'm just digging a hole. But anyways, we were talking about entrepreneurship and I like entrepreneurship and like being able to sell isn't really like discussed a lot in this. Like a lot of people don't talk about it. A lot of people don't know how to sell ideas like you can you can take the Christian approach, which is just tell anything to anybody. You don't qualify anybody. But you need to qualify people. Like, you can't, like, just assume that, oh, because we're all anarchists that we're going to want, we're going to want to do business or you're, you're just going to sell me. Like, it doesn't work that way, man. Sales doesn't work that way. Sales doesn't, like, you have to, there's a process of qualifying people. There's building a relationship. And um, so that's important. Um, secondly, you you don't want your shit to be confusing. Like, right. you want it to be simple. Like, I mean, K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid, or silly. I like silly. Yeah. It's not nearly as offensive. <laughs> and uh, and so, like, so number one, I don't even know what his idea was called. Like, it was Octa something and Hello something. So those were his two things. What they did, I kind of was paying attention. Um, he actually had this really interesting idea about, like, contracts and, like, 
all the work you do is in contracts and you have like a group of eight and then the group of eight kind of connects with another group of eight. And like, if you're going to get like some large group with like a company or a business, like you'd have like, they could only get like a max, a group of eight. And this was going to, I know. So that's where I was kind of getting lost. And then like, I was trying to follow him and he kept using these different words like octa something and hella something. And then at the end of it, he was like, buy my book. It's all about it. Come see me and buy my book. And after you buy my book, I'm going to have a class, too. And in this class, I'm going to teach you guys how to implement this. And this is going to solve all of our problems. And then after you take this class, I'm going to have a second class. And in the second class, I'm going to teach you (laughs) how to teach the first class. And I remember getting into saying how he's worked with teachers for a while. And I was just like dude, you just sound like you're selling a Ponzi scheme now. Right. Like, you don't, like... And I don't think that's what it was. Like, I don't want to, like, just, like, come out and say people are selling Ponzi schemes. But it was just, but like... your feeling's legitimate. I mean, yeah, like, 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 here, like, here's the thing. Like, um, in today's world, in today's economy, it's all about authenticity. So it's all about, like... In reality, it's, I'm going to give you something for free... And because of, like, something that I'm going to give you, you're going to want to naturally support me because of the value that I'm giving you for free. Like, so hopefully, eventually, I can do this with this podcast. And I can, I can build my podcast. And I'll have a website. And then I can have some T-shirt sales or some stickers and maybe sell some stickers. And then, but in reality, I could probably get advertising. Um, whether it be, like, I don't know, like, head shops or just stuff that I support I would want to sell I would want to sell advertisements for businesses that I support because if I'm going to have listeners that are going to get it buy into something I don't want it to be bullshit man and and if and if I'm going to and I don't I don't think I'd ever have advertisements on a podcast because they're fucking annoying and like I don't want to immediately just say oh so do this like the only guy that I know that like out of podcasting that sells his products well and it's because he does it in a funny way it's ross tucker and he has his football podcast and like ross isn't like a typical football guy he talks about like he actually kind of talks about the business side a lot and i think that's why i like it he talks a lot more about like the contracts he talks a lot about like the environment but then i just stopped listening because i'm like i don't even like football anymore i don't know how i listen like i liked ross and then i was like man this is this is just half hour a day it's just i get i could do other shit with my time but um but yeah, I think uh so back to what I was saying though, like um yeah, I think I think like if 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 you're going to go in front of an audience and you're going to say something, you don't want to just get up there. All right, so look at it like this. When you're dating a woman, and you obviously like in in dating, men and women both want to eventually have intercourse like that's kind of that's not the total goal but that's part of it like that's like there's like a biological thing that drives that so if you go on a date with a girl are you just gonna you know right right away just you know pull your cock out and just start like this is it what do you think it wouldn't be a good strategy no or are you gonna build a relationship and then through that relationship it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be a lot more pleasurable for both people and it's gonna be it's probably going to be special. It's going to be intimate. And like with sales, it's the same way. Like you can't like, 
you can't just like whip your dick out and say, here you go. Like, no, it, it doesn't work that way. You got to build a relationship. You got to get to know your audience. And, and, and if you don't know your audience, then you want to like say some things like you want to give them like free information, like that probably most of them don't have. So you'd want to come up and you'd want to say like, you know, this is what I've done to help me. Um, I mean, this is what I was going to do when I was going to talk. I was going to actually talk about like the trivia method, studying the seven liberal arts, talk about local resiliency, talk about like building, like and building a local community to invest in, like really focus on a local community, which brings me to San Diego group. Cause that's what you guys have. Like you guys were different. Like, Everybody in Arizona, they were all representing. I don't know how much they interact, but clearly they have a pretty good community. But, like, to get, like, close to 10 people to drive eight hours. Right. That's pretty powerful, man. I mean, that's not, um, that's not like, just a simple drive. I mean, that's from, like, here to New York City. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's quite a hike. Yeah, I'd say part of it is the fact that we meet, most of us meet once a week. Yeah. So I think keeping that going really creates that bond and people get together more often and and it's more likely that they're willing to spend a whole weekend together in the car and camping and everything so i think that's part of it yeah was everyone kind of into camping or no there's a couple of people that were explicitly disliked camping but they went out just to be part of that experience and part of that group now how did you guys organize like uh because you guys had a bunch of supplies Right. And you guys weren't really selling a bunch of stuff. I mean, it was kind of more of a community thing, like no. come hang out. And uh, it kind of disrupted the economy there. <laughs> like, interestingly enough, and I actually disrupted the economy there, too, because I would buy things from someone and then I'd give it away to different groups. But it was with the intention of saying, this is what these people have. Go check it out. You can help yourself to what I bought. But if you want more go get more like you know right. like this is a community this isn't uh this isn't just like we're this isn't a consumer thing right like, right is, yeah it's a community thing yeah um so how did you guys organize like tents and like supplies because you guys had a ton of bottled water <laughs> yeah that john was very generous with giving me and i offered him money and he told me no multiple times yeah. and then i but then i did i felt good because i could drive him into town and like it, it was like an exchange and then i I got to eat your guys' soup. He made me breakfast. He made me some oatmeal. And it was like, it's pretty cool, man. Like, I, I felt like like a part of your guys' community. Like, it was pretty fun. Yeah, for sure. I think we just decided at one of the Tuesday meetups that we have that we're going to bring our own. Each one of us is going to bring our own stuff. Some people will bring special things. I brought a table. Matt brought the awning thing. But in general, people brought their own stuff. And that way, we had more than enough for everybody. Yeah, but also some people didn't bring almost anything. Yeah, and I think it, just it worked, out, worked yeah. out. Yeah. What about the tents? Did everybody bring their own tent, or did they? Uh, pretty much, but I think some people borrowed or you know shared. Yeah, I did like how you guys in your truck you pretty much turned that into a kitchen every morning for <laughs> yeah, breakfast. That's right. I gotta wash that thing. That was pretty, dirty. That was pretty cool though. Like you guys were grilling in the back of your yeah. truck. Well, what one thing I loved about it is that I just got that truck and it went through that crazy back alley thing and then yeah. we cooked on it we got it dirty and now i feel like it's a real truck yeah <laughs> it broke it in you know yeah i felt cool with the rental car this is dirty as fuck and like <laughs> the lady was so like she was such a hack salesperson the rental car lady like just trying to upsell 
Like, and I like had to go over the total with her because I told her what I wanted and she added all this extra shit. I'm like, that's not what I said I wanted. Yeah. And I was like, I think I'm going to get the mileage and I'm going to get this. And then like, I was actually going to buy. So I went in knowing that I was going to buy stuff and I knew they could make extra money on add-ons. And because I thought she was so rude, I on purpose bought less stuff. Right. And bought less features like add-ons. Like I was, I usually like to get the gas Especially there, because I don't, I don't want to fuck with the gas. And then um, I was like, so then she removed the gas, and I was like, okay. And then I was like, no, like you gave me two insurances. I just want one insurance. Like <laughs> she's like, yeah, this will cover um, uh, if you ever get in an accident. We'll cover their car too. I'm like, why do I want to cover their car? I have car insurance. Like, why would I want to do that? I just want to cover your property. Right. That's it. I got health insurance. I got this. I don't need anything else. And uh, so I was like, man, I'm going to fuck this car up. <laughs> so, like, when John and I were coming back, uh, there was, like, this off-road button in that little little Cobalt, whatever it was that I was driving. And John was, like, just he was flooring it through the hills. And, like, he was, like, we were, like, kind of spinning out. And I, for a second there, like, I just chuckled. I'm like, this is fun as shit. Yeah. And John was just having a blast, like, driving that rental car hard as fuck in the <laughs> – in the, uh, in the hills. So then when I turned it in, like it was so dirty. And I was like, yep, got insurance. Don't have to give zero fucks given, man. Like, yeah. uh, anyway, sorry I interrupted you. So you feel like you got a real truck now. Yeah, for sure. You know, another thing I was thinking about Jackalope is that it was such a diverse set of people. And also, there were a lot of kids there. Yeah. And a lot of animals and a lot of different ages. It's families, man. It was a lot yeah. of families. It was just a great little community. It was a really diverse. Um, that's a great thing about it. I think. Yeah, I uh, I ate one of those Rice Krispie treats, and then I decided to play mafia with some of the kids. Oh uh, yeah, and I'm like chilling out, and they're like, "Yeah, we need more people." And like, and I figured out who the kid was right away. I used to like kill at that game when I used to play it when I was in church. Not that I was religious; I just went to church to meet women. I'm not gonna lie; that's all I did it for. And uh. But I just dominate that game. I destroyed everybody. And um, so we were playing, and uh, and this girl was talking about books that she liked to read. And she was talking about how she liked science fiction. So I started, like, recommending, like, science fiction books for her to read and all this other stuff. And then um, I was like, you should really study logic, too. And then, like, this part of me got really paranoid, like... Man, I hope they don't think that I'm saying that she should study logic because she's stupid. Uh, I, I hope she knows that, but that was just paranoia. And then I like, <laughs> I was always checking with this adult. I'm like, hey, man, I'm really fucking like, I'm kind of fucked up right now, and I'm really tired. That sounded okay, right? He's like, yeah, dude, it's not a bad thing to tell a child to study logic. <laughs> yeah. He was like one of the dads. He was a super cool guy. I don't remember his name. Um, but anyways, that's that's my story about families. There was dogs there. Uh, it was like a cool community, man. Yeah, like it was sure. like a little town that we yeah. had created. I felt really safe. I felt yeah. that if anything happened, somebody knows how to solve it or yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, John, John's a pretty good survival man. Oh yeah. Um, Steve was doing the what's it called free aid uh, station. Yeah. So it was a lot the of free healthcare stuff, like right. free uh, band aid stuff, which you don't need a license for. It's crazy. You can oh, put yeah. a band aid on, and you don't even need a medical license. <laughs> But you need a driver's license to drive a car. Right. Not that it makes you any better of a driver. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah, it was it was fun, man. It was so fun. Um Yeah. Uh I'm excited for next year. It, like it took a while to sink in, man. Like I 
it was like I really wanted to like immerse myself in it, and then like and after like I thought about it, like people asked me about it, what I thought about it right away, and I couldn't really give them an answer. Like I got back, and uh, my friend Jr. was like, "So was there like an ego thing and all that people want to be the biggest anarchist?" And I was like, "Yeah, there was a little bit of that going on. Like people, like I felt like felt the need to like try to prove that they were legit." And that was kind of weird, and then I felt like it kind of phased out, like, as the night. But, like, um, that was interesting. That definitely did go on. Like, it, I'm not trying to criticize it either. I'm just saying it definitely went on. Like, it was interesting. Right. And um, I think sometimes people just want to share knowledge. Yeah, too. they want to share. And also, it's like they don't – they're not used to being able to talk about it, man. Right. It's like – it's just like I said about church when everyone likes to talk about Jesus and God, like, at church retreats. Except they just want to talk about anarchism and voluntarism and the non-aggression principle and Bitcoin and silver. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I was I was ready to slap the next person that started talking to me about Bitcoin. But but that's like a good thing. You know what I mean? Like it's it's refreshing. Like it, and, I, and I don't mean that in like a negative way. It was mainly just to be funny. But like, yeah, that's how much it was like talked about. Like it was. Um, yeah. Um. It was interesting, man. Like it, it was a, it was a really good time. I really appreciate Alma inviting me. Like it, it like I'm glad too that like, because when she first invited me, I could, there was no way I was gonna be able to afford to go. But I, I like I ended up being able to afford. Like I got a better job, and you know, just uh, yeah. And it wasn't that expensive of a trip. I think I, I don't think I spent more than six hundred bucks. So yeah, one thing that I think Alma and whoever else did really well is to set up that. Uh, little area for speakers with the microphone and the speaker system. Mm -hmm. And it was one thing I liked about it is it wasn't a set of speakers, set of events. People just signed up. You can pretty much talk about whatever. It was all voluntary. Yeah, it was great. Because one thing that happens often at those type at voluntarist conventions is you'd spent almost all your time just listening to people talk and you're not out actually just living you know, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do though. Like I thought about like just trying to record podcasts with people. And then I was like, no, like I'll do that next year. Like I was like, I'd rather this year just like experience it. Like I'd rather just be here and embrace it. And, and I felt bad because I told all these people I wanted to record them and then I never did. Yeah. But uh, like it rained and it was like, it was, <laughs> it was yeah. really rainy, man. Like yeah. I remember, uh, the last night I was there, like Saturday night, and I just tapped the fuck out. I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't like. Well, that one night, I don't know if you came out. It was we were up till five a.m. going out in the backwoods and. Partying. I heard you guys making like weird noises, and at first I thought you guys were trolling me because the fire was right next to my tent. Oh, and did was, we wake you up? No, I mean I was awake, oh, but yeah. I thought maybe like because I was like, hey, I'm gonna go to bed, and I, they were just drunk and trying to fuck with me, which I thought no, was funny, no, and no. I'm like. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna just fucking chill here and uh, enjoy sleeping in a tent. In the sorry woods. if we. No, I don't care, dude. It was fun. But yeah, we were a little drunk one night. And... If it bothered me, I would have said something. Yeah, I think that's one great thing about that type of community is people are more open. Yeah. More honest, and so people are okay, kind of pushing boundaries a little bit because they yeah. know if they're gonna push it too far, somebody's gonna come out and say, "Hey, guys, you know, go half a mile up or whatever." So yeah, which we ended up doing because one person I won't say any names. Oh, they already said it on. Uh, they already said it on their podcast. Your boys did. 
Oh, I don't know what what you're talking about, but I was gonna say uh, that one person wanted to go search for aliens. Oh no, I didn't. Okay. Oh no, who was that? <laughs> I won't say any names, but we ended up. Obviously, we didn't find any. Yeah. But it was just a random little adventure we went. Let's on. go look for aliens. <laughs> oh no, I heard somebody like complained about you guys had woken them up or something. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, we hadn't heard about that. Yeah, I think that's one thing that maybe some people weren't conscientious enough. Um, I, don't, I thought I think it was pretty known that we were like, we were like the younger crowd. Like yeah. we were like, we were there to have fun. Like we were all on vacation. Like I felt like a lot of, a lot of the local people were there to make a, the good buck, and I think they did. Like yeah, so I bought a lot of shit. Like I was just like, I bought some jam I didn't even use. Yeah, yeah, that's where I bought the moonshine from. Was the oh, jam yeah, people? Right, yeah. yeah, they were like, uh, they were cool. There was yeah, they were nice. I didn't really get to talk to them that much. Um, but uh, they were super cool, and like people wa- kept coming to hang out with us too. Like they wanted to hang out with us and talk to us, and uh, that was cool. Like it was, um, it was pretty fun. I think, um, I, like I said, like next year is going to be a lot different. I think next year you're going to see a lot more. Like people are, I hope people are going to be more developed, and I think people are going to have their worldview kind of more solid idea of of what their perspective is or what, because I think. I think with anarchism, man, like we always try to look at the big picture or, or look for the masses, but in reality, you just got to focus on yourself and what's local. And and I think again, that's what's cool with you guys. Like you guys have that local community, but I think like you know, eventually, you know, your your weekly meetings are going to have to turn into okay, let's let's plan something, let's plan this or let's plan that, or you know, what could we do to affect change locally or you know what you know what i'm saying like i think eventually it will turn into that um, yeah some people do talk about that kind of thing yeah and some people probably treat it like you know church in a way and i don't mean yeah. that disrespectfully like at all well like, there's a uh, there's a great book that i love by uh batan i think is his name it's called religion for atheists mm-hmm. and his argument is basically that there are a lot of parts to the religious institution that are kind of needed by humans community instruction yeah singing all these things yeah. that need to really exist arts, outside of church dancing, yeah, arts, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah yeah like performing arts are a big deal like that's part of your that's part of the seven liberal arts man it's part of a i mean music right. is like that's the eighth art or that's the eighth it's the seven liberal arts and that's the eighth one it's the sixth art like uh it's i think it's important in human development i think it's important in your yeah. own personal growth and self-development is is you know And I think community, too. Like, we need community, and I think that's, I mean, that's the magical thing about the internet. It's like, you guys all met up on Meetup. Yeah. I have a whole bunch of friends from Twitter. Yep. And, um, and yeah, man, I mean, it's, you know, like, I went out there knowing somebody from a podcast I talked to through Skype, never met in person, and then... Isn't that wild? Yeah. And she invited me out, and um, the crowdsourcing wasn't happening that we were trying to do for me and i felt weird i'm kind of glad too because i felt weird about it like i'm glad that i just used money that i made from editing podcasts so i was like well this is a podcast expense so i'm gonna have to have it pay for itself right so i didn't really have to come out of pocket you know my my friend um greg huntermark like was basically told me hey i'm gonna pay you to do the podcast and i want you to use that money to go to that freedom festival thing that's cool yeah cool yeah so um 
Anyways, we just had this like pause there, and I don't know where to go next, Kevin. Uh, well, one thing I'd do a little shout out is yeah, for, man, let's talk about this. Uh, my idea is called Radical Optimism. So the website is radicaloptimism.org, and the idea is that there's a lot of pessimism and negativity. And I find that also in the libertarian community, there's a lot of kind of catastrophism yeah. of the world's going to end. And I think it's great to be to learn self-reliance and build communities. Yeah. But I think there is also a lot of reason and evidence to believe that things are not as bad as the media and memes make it out yeah. to be. And so it talks about uh, history and psychology, economics. And I haven't done politics yet, but I'd like to do... I think volunteerism is a very optimistic worldview. Absolutely. Too. I mean, I, I want this system to fail, personally. Like, I want it to happen. Like, Well, the alternative is... So I think that can happen. And I think it would turn... We can turn, make it turn out all right. But the alternative is that we might simply grow out of government. Yeah. Where we'll be so rich that we'll realize that... Wait a second. Why do we have this archaic institution... Yeah, you know we can do things better using voluntary exchange. Absolutely, so that's an alternative. I think so, and when I think it, that starts locally. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's just like you know, because um, voting used to be like that's your that's your freedom to complain, and it's like <laughs> no, it's not at all. No, it's this bullshit you sold me, Mrs. Chase, <laughs> an AP <laughs> government in twelfth grade. Thanks, Mrs. Chase, and your bullshit. <laughs> But, uh, no, like, I think... Um, Mrs. Chase is listening right now. Yeah, yeah, Mrs. Chase. She she might be dead, uh-huh. honestly. I don't know. She was, all right, she was an all right government teacher. I remember I was like... She was brainwashed herself. Well, yeah, I tried to prove a point. Actually, she was a good teacher. She was a really good teacher. Um, but I remember I had beef with her because I was saying, like... Because this is, like, 10 years ago, like... Like Columbus is like we were we were talking earlier. It's like the third or fourth densest gay population, and I was saying that it's fucked up because you know you, at the time in two thousand two, two thousand three, and you could totally get fired for being gay, and nothing, nothing. There'd be no recourse, no. Um, there'd be nothing wrong with that, and uh, and I remember she was like, "No, the Constitution says this, this, and that." I'm like. Yeah, it does, but that doesn't mean that that's what happens. And so uh, my mom was a social worker for a long time with AIDS and HIV patients. So, like, I mean, that's part of the reason why we moved to Columbus. That was why, um, I mean, like, all my babysitters were gay growing up. Like, they're my mom was a single mom for a while, and so that's who watched this was her, her, her gay friends, and they were all cool as fuck. Like, they were good dudes. And, um, and so I, like, I knew that this was bullshit. So, like, I remember... I contacted Stonewall, which is like a gay rights organization. And they're like, yeah, just go to our website and print it off. And so I brought in paperwork. I'm like, look, this is from the gay rights organization. They don't have fucking rights. And uh, she was like, I'll make it up to you. And she never did that, bitch. Uh. She never made it. She like embarrassed me in front of the class. And then she never fixed that wronging. So fuck you, Mrs. Chase. Mrs. Chase. You bitch. But anyways, back to like actual real things that we're talking about here. Besides my nonsense, uh, yeah, like uh, I don't even remember what the fuck I was saying. I trolled my own conversation. <laughs> I just fucking threw a troll bomb in the middle of what I, what I wanted to say. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so local communities. So like right. they always talk about like you know in reality you should just get involved in your local politics and vote on your local issues. Because you can make a lot bigger difference locally than you can 
federally, and that's all people pay attention to. And that's like partially right, like because you can make a big difference locally, but it's not going to be from going to the rigged voting booths. And if nobody like believes me, go watch Hacking Democracy. It's like it's the the fucking voting machines are made in Ohio, and there's a woman in Ohio who was like, "There's something wrong here," because that's when like the uh, the Al, after the Al Gore election, a fucking asshole, and uh, and like they made this. The Democrats were making this big deal about it, and um, so this computer engineer, like they had his, they had this guy coming from Germany. And he just hacked it, the machine, so it, the voting would always turn out a certain way. Wow. And all I did was hack the memory card. Excuse me. That burger we ate I was making me burp, but all I did was hack the uh, memory card, and it always would go like 70-30. Oh, yeah. And everybody voted for one person. It was a 70-30, 70% to 30% decision every time. But even if it was all legitimate? I mean, even if it was all legitimate, they make promises that they, there's no yeah. contract, there's no competition. No. It's, it's, the whole system is fine. Yeah, government's just a monopoly. No. So you vote in one monopolist over another. What's yeah. the difference? Yeah, I mean, I it's, mean, there's some difference, but it's not huge. It's just bullshit, man. It's the, the Washington Wrestling Federation. Like Jesse Ventura said it perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so local, local resiliency, man. I mean, but if you build up the local economy, local businesses, mm-hmm. that's what creates growth and. Yeah. You know, creates uh, wealth. Outsiders are going to want to be a part of it. Right. Perfect example. Right. San Diego crew comes in town. It's a big deal. People are like, oh, all these people from San Diego are coming in town. I'm like, that's fucking cool. A big group of people from San Diego drove in. I'm like, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. I mean, that's like, but that's like an example, man. I mean, that's like a example from the Freedom Festival. Hopefully that made sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so... Optimism. Let's talk about your website some more. So where are we at with that? Uh, so it's basically a wiki. It's like Wikipedia of topics ranging from emotions. So there's a field called positive psychology, which looks at how to look how optimism helps. So for example, you were talking about earlier about how on ESPN it's all about just every, people attacking each other. There's a lot of good research that shows that when people are optimistic about the other person's intentions and how you're going to solve some problem there's more compromise there's better solutions better collaboration better collaboration exactly there's good research on that um optimism can help with health with how you deal with heart attacks stress research stress um creativity so there's the psychology there's good optimism from economic side so if you look at average wealth through history it's been going up um a lot of things are improving so there's a lot of even in the environment where um, a lot of people don't know that right now the world is actually on net greening. There's actually the amount of green on the earth is increasing. I don't believe it. The, the research. Our, our breathing poisons the earth. <laughs> well, so every, the ice caps are melting. I mean, that, whether or not that's true, I'm not an expert, but climate change is also covered on there. Yeah. And even if you look at the IPCC report itself. What? They, you mean you actually went off of reports? Well, so what I do is I try to cite the least controversial evidence. Okay. Because the goal is not to just, you know, reinforce existing beliefs, but to try to get people over from the other side. Yeah. So every claim on the wiki is cited. There's a research paper or whatever. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're saying you actually cite what you write? Absolutely, yeah. It's all based on reason and evidence. Whoa. (laughs) That's crazy. Everything's up for debate and everything. Wow. 
What's interesting with the climate change is that even if you look at the IPCC's own reports, if you forget about all the you know, other potentially... Oil companies just pay scientists to say <laughs> an, an, alternative, an alternative to humans causing climate change. And maybe that's true. I don't know. But even if you just look at IPCC's own report, it shows clearly that it's definitely less uh, bad than they thought it was before. It's not getting worse. It's not accelerating. They've I, removed all the language about... Are you sure? That's yeah. crazy. Take it out. Check it out, yeah. Isn't that funny? Like, people... It's, um... Like, I, I just watched this episode on Vice, and it was, like, Vice uh, Season 2 on HBO. And I'm usually, like, a huge fan of Vice, but, like, they just, like... <laughs> They don't, like, even entertain any other possibility. So they'll go talk to some scientist who's, like, looking at the glaciers melting. And it's like, how the fuck are we supposed to know what the Earth's supposed to be doing? Right. Well, and one of the interesting things about it is that even if we assume all of uh, the global warming is true, which I actually think is probably likely, then that is not inherently bad. There are some positive effects to warming. Whoa. You mean mean it's not inherently bad? Like... But I heard that, uh, you know, I mean, you're in California. I mean, it, there's droughts there. Right. So the IPCC report is clear that globally there's no clear trend in, in droughts. So there's various extreme – people talk a lot about extreme weather events. Yeah. And some things are maybe getting worse. And But uh, some of the big ones like uh, droughts and others, you can look up on the wiki. I cite each one. The IPCC admits that there's not any clear evidence that it's getting worse. So you mean the people that are taught where this global warming information is coming from is saying this? Yeah, check it out. It's right on the website. Click on environment, climate change. But What's the, one, the website again? Uh, radicaloptimism.org. Okay. So one of the interesting things is the IPCC's own report says that up to 2%, or up to 2 degrees of warming. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, I, I, actually, I'm getting this wrong. Up to a certain amount of warming, I forget the amount. It's on the fucking website. Yeah, the it's going to be better up until a certain point. Yeah. It's going to be net better if it continues to warm. Now, at some point, then they think it will get worse. But there's a question of will it actually get to that point? Yeah. So until that point, things are actually on net going to get better. Because obviously with warmer weathers, colder climates well, can have better farmland. I just want to say... I was watching a show on Showtime with movie stars. And it was Harrison Ford. And he was talking to scientists, and they were saying the whole planet's just going to heat up, and it's, there's just going to be no more rain. Which is possible. I, I, I mean, I think it's certainly possible. The extreme case is possible. And I don't mean to downplay that things are warming. I, I think they are. Yeah. Um, I think they are. I mean, they are too, but nobody's talking about I mean, fuck, man, it's way scary to think about the solar flares coming out and knocking out our power grid. Like, an EMP do, do from solar flares could happen, and our whole power grid could be fucked. Especially in Ohio, like, we have one of the worst power grids. We have the highest, like, we have the highest insurance, one of the highest insurance claim rates due to um, power grid failure or, like, electronics, like, uh, basically getting fried from pulses to like power grids going out. Wow. So, yeah, that's another thing is I think there probably is some non-zero risk of of environmental problems, but 
we have to look at them in the context of all the other problems. I agree. And I feel like I feel like what happens is is like pollution is a problem. Sure. And the planet is changing. Um, climate is changing. Like, I mean, like yeah. in Ohio here, like I mean, from my understanding in California, there's always been droughts. I mean. If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. It's been a mantra in, in California for years, and 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 they're like acting like now, like oh, it never rains, and like whenever I talk to people from California, like you oh, know, it, it rains. It's just, yeah, it's just how it's always been, and I guess like Texas is having some droughts in some area, but like Texas has a lot of desert, right? Like I mean, like Ohio, it's like. We've had one of our best, most beautiful years because we got so much snow. And when you get a lot of snow, the soil doesn't really get damaged from the cold. And, like, so, yeah, like, it sucked in the wintertime because it was snow. But now it's fucking gorgeous out. Like, it's so green in Ohio. And, um, and yeah, we have great natural – we have great drinking water. We have – it rains a lot. You can collect a lot of rainwater. Seattle, I mean, it's still raining a shit ton in Seattle. And I just think it's, like – I don't know. I think, um, well, number one, like Al Gore's movie was full of shit and it was pretty much just a ploy for him to make millions of dollars from carbon credits. And nobody to this day, people still don't know that car, carbon credits is like one of the most brilliant scams ever Oh yeah, because it's just, you're just paying money because you feel guilty. Right. You're paying money to some arbitrary human being because you have a carbon footprint and um it's i feel like it's just a hustle and then when they say that like oil companies are paying like i mean look like i'm not gonna say fracking is not terrifying because it is like like cities water supplies really are getting destroyed i saw some fracking companies suing the small town in um like near montreal um because they said yeah you you can't frack here because it's messing with our drinking water and the company has more money than the city so they're just like that's fine we'll just take you to court and so now they're trying to crowdsource to get funding to defend to protect their water supply from this fracking company and it's like um the interesting thing about fracking is it's like they're paying people millions of dollars and it really is like um do you ever see the movie the box no it's like you can take the money um but if you take the the money somebody's going to get killed. Oh. And so you get paid a million dollars. And then like it's a, it's the same guy that made Donnie Darko. I really like the movie. It's pretty good science fiction. Um I forget who actually Would you do it? Um no. Yeah, I wouldn't do it either. No. Um especially like now that I know what happens in the box. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, like uh, it's a it's an interesting movie, man. It's good science fiction. I like I like science fiction. I'm a big Philip K. Dick fan, um, which I'm sure my listeners get tired of me talking about. But hopefully, they decide to pick up a fucking book and read Philip K. Dick because it's awesome. So, anyways, uh, Philip K. Dick was like a, like he wrote a Scanner Darkly. Um, he wrote uh, Blade Runner. It was originally called oh, yeah. Do the Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. And the book is way better. Like, the book is, like, infinitely better than the movie. And the movie's pretty fucking good. The movie's amazing, good. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, but the book is, like, a million times better. Wow. And um, Philip K. Dick always has, like, these themes of, like, uh, dystopia. Right. Like, it will never be, like, just kind of like the apocalypse and, like, everything's broke down and, you know, everything like that. But um, 
it's always going to be enough just to keep people poor enough and like to like keep people getting sucked in. Like it's never really going to, the system's never really going to fail. Um, that was kind of his idea. And then like the UN is always like this evil force in his books. Yeah. And like, then the UN like branches out into space and the UN like makes some crazy deals with aliens and different books. And there's like a lot of other shit that goes on. Um, he has some really good short stories and some really good books, but, uh, um, an idea, um, also too, like he always had this, like, I, I don't want to get into it, but, um, I just check him out, but there's an interview because he ended up moving to France. Like he was originally from Berkeley, which is a pr- already a pretty like different thinking place. Like it's a, it's a really not progressive in the term of like where like conservatives get all crazy, like fucking progressives, but it's like more of like, no, actually progressive, like the true meaning of the word. And, um, but when he was writing science fiction in like the sixties, um, it was never, they never wanted to market it for what he wanted. They wanted either like big, like science fiction stories about like, uh, about, uh, um, like breakout type stuff, diseases, like what's that called? Like, uh, pandemics and, uh, and pretty much westerns in space right that's what they wanted and like philip k dick said that like you know the u.s is uh, anti-intellectual and he's like science fiction the best part about science fiction is introducing new ideas right and so like i guess to kind of tie back into like the box is it's like it introduces like this idea of like your morality and like and like this family needs the money so they take it and then you see like what happens and I don't know, a lot of people fucking hate that movie, but I really yeah. liked it. Like it's it's different because it's like it doesn't give you answers. It asks yeah. you it makes you ask yourself questions. And people don't like movies like that. People don't like things that are gonna force them to ask themselves questions. They want answers. They want people to tell them what to do. And good science fiction is never gonna do that. Right, right. Like, I mean, like that always kind of leaves you hanging and it's for your imagination to to believe what you want to believe. Right. And um, I don't know. Sorry for going on that tangent. No, it's fine. Speaking of morality, I would make a shout out to a book that really changed my life. It's uh, Ethical Intuitionism yeah. by Humor. I really recommend that to listeners. It just talks about that there is an objective morality. And I think that's important. I do too. I'm glad I could have you on the podcast so I could just talk your ear off about Philip K. Dick and all this other nonsense, Kevin. I'm <laughs> no, like, that's cool. I'm hey, hey, be a guest on my podcast so I can talk at you. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just giving myself some shit, man. I got, I've got to do that. Um, well, yeah, man. Well, I tell you what, we both got to work early in the morning, and my batteries are actually low. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So, how can people reach out to you if, if people want to contact you or people want to? Um, um, I'm, I'm not really on social media much, but if you go to radicaloptimism.org, there's a contact button at the bottom that can send me an email. Very cool. Very cool. Why aren't you on the the social media that much? Uh, no reason. Actually, I should get on it. Yeah. So I will probably at some point. Yeah, that's cool. I like the Twitters. A lot of people, what I've noticed is like the Liberty Movement, very much Facebook. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like it's it's easier I to get a hold of people through Facebook. Yeah, and then... Um, Death Squad was very much Twitter. It's all pretty much Twitter. Yeah. It's like, it's interesting. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. Those are the two communities that I've, like, my groups of friends that I've met via the internet. Oh, that happens. There was a great study that came out a few years ago about how things split off between MySpace and Facebook. 
where the younger kids kind of went to MySpace as people's parents came on Facebook. So communities can spread out like that. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's it's cool, man. But anyways, guys, thanks for uh, tuning in to another episode. I've had some really good episodes here. Um, but Kevin, thanks for uh, thanks for hitting me up. Let me know when we were in for Jackalope that you're going to be in town so we can hang out. Special thanks to Alma. Um, get a hold of Alma Summer. Go to jackaloopfreedomfestival.com. Thanks, Alma, for unorganizing everything. <laughs> yeah, for unorganizing. Uh, special shout out to Ray Taylor, who's also in San Diego. So Ray, if you're listening to this, you should reach out to Kevin. Maybe, you know, you could have a podcast in person. I don't think yeah, you've ever to, done that. If anybody's in San Diego, go meetup.com. The group is called Complete Liberty. Very cool. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.